Welcome to an exciting forum of alternative viewpoints and balanced ideas. This is Good Morning Canada with Nav and Nav. That's Nav C and Nav M. Confused? Don't be, because two halves always become one. Now join us for an energized hour of global viewpoints and shared ideas, only for you. Now, here are your hosts, Nav and Nav. Hello everyone and welcome to Good Morning Canada with Nav and Nav. I'm your host Nav C. And I'm your host Nav M. Welcome to another hour of Alternative Views. This show will help you rethink, reshape and reform ongoing narratives. So the title of this week's episode is Empowerment, a Prism of Connectivity or a Refraction of Silent Voices. And these are some of the questions which we'll be submitting to our featured guest today, New Zealand-based singer, songwriter and actor, Emmy Lentino. But before welcoming Emmy, let's start with a brief introduction to today's topic. Compared to previous generations, there's been a paradigm shift in the way women of the 21st century view themselves. In various societies and cultures across the world, women are seen as individuals first, with a clear set of needs, goals, and aspirations of their own. And interestingly, women and girls comprise almost half of the world's population, yet social and economic participation rates for females are largely dictated by how society has shaped them. And this is mainly due to social constructs such as gender roles, patriarchy, stereotypes and prejudices against women. So it seems inevitable that the term empowerment is perfectly placed in a scenario of changing social norms. However, on this show, we believe the term empowerment has become watered down over the past two decades because it's become a byword for inclusivity in various corporate mission statements and also as a generic term meaning access to various types of resources. Furthermore, the term raises searching questions about whether external agencies are necessarily the best option to confer empowerment upon a woman. In other words, does it diminish a woman's own power and self-awareness? We prefer to view empowerment from an alternative perspective as a broadly inclusive concept by advocating inner competence, strength of character, self-esteem, leadership and mentoring roles, and most importantly, self-awareness of the individual. And it's fair to say that in order for individuals to attain empowerment, they first need to find their own voice. And this involves a correction in the socio-economic system and reinterpreting the role of agency to help individuals find their voice and improve participation. But what does it mean to find one's voice and to increase participation? Well, this is the context with which we introduce our special guest, because in many ways she is the epitome of someone who found her own voice, not only as a singer, songwriter, actor and producer, but as an individual who discovered empowerment through a unique form of self-compassion after experiencing a life-altering personal loss, which meant she became a widow at a very early stage in her life. Indeed, she is a true advocate of the principle that personal strength is achieved through enduring struggle. And as a wealth of medical knowledge will testify, dealing with bereavement, loss and subsequent grief in adult life, such as the death of a spouse, means that up to one third of people will suffer detrimental effects on their physical or mental health, or both. But... Emmy Lentino is a unique individual who overcame her personal loss to find her chosen path. Her life motto, you are always loved, speaks to her strength of character to overcome such unyielding obstacles. Emmy's unique life principle resonates deeply with another famous quotation by Oprah Winfrey, who states, the more you praise and celebrate your life, the more there is in life to celebrate. And this statement is all about the benefits of positivity and staying positive in every situation, no matter what life throws at you, tackling it head on with a positive attitude. And Emmy's captivating message that you are always loved points to the fact that people need to be reminded that they are loved. And by learning to praise and celebrate even the smallest things in life, 
people begin to stay positive and improve their situation. And this unique approach to tackling adversity encapsulates Emmy's own life experience because it tells a story of courage, struggle and personal endurance. So when she moved from New York City to New Zealand, her music and acting career took a pause because she moved to a rural community where there was no direct outlet for performing such as acting or singing. However, she stated her own drama, sorry, she started her own drama and dance school, which was located in the small town where she lived. But soon after becoming settled into her new life, Emmy was confronted with personal tragedy after suffering the life-shattering event of losing her husband, Tony, to cancer. In addition to the loss itself, this period of life proved to be extremely challenging because she was a single mum with two very small children and lived away from her own family and support system. And since that time, she has purposely chosen to make each day as positive and happy as possible, not only for herself, but for her children and family. And Emmy is a firm believer that it's never too late to realize your dreams and has been actively pursuing music and a performing career in a much bigger way since Tony's passing. In many ways, her passion for singing and acting became a renewed energy to re-experience life as a form of self-healing. Indeed, eminent clinical psychologist Kristin Neff refers to this as self-compassion. And it was Emmy's self-compassion which provided strength and stability during times of emotional suffering. And as her burgeoning career expands to an altogether higher level, she's now quite literally finding a voice for others by embracing her pain and accepting herself for who she is. Emmy believes she has found a voice for others in similar pain, for those in a situation where they have been unable to love or be kind to themselves. But what does it mean to possess a voice? And what is the significance of a voice? Is it a point of connectivity which links humanity or indeed a medium for directing self-compassion? And why is projecting a voice so important to Emmy? It's because it represents the spark of human connectivity. It's what makes us uniquely human. Language and speech connect us as part of a much wider social system. But speaking and being heard offer self-esteem and self-worth. Quite simply, our voices connect us. And when we see that individuals are silent or unheard, their pain and struggles remain unacknowledged and often discarded. And we've seen in recent decades, the world has become more receptive to the voices of strong female artists. And in this episode, we examine, can one person's self-compassion lead to another person's self-advancement? When Emmy Lentino speaks out through her music and lyrics, what are other people experiencing? How does she reach her global audience and loyal fan base? What type of message does she convey? To find out, let's begin by playing a small piece from her amazingly successful recent single, Some Other Girl. And then we'll introduce the artist and the voice of Emmy Lentino.
Jeremy, welcome to Good Morning Canada with Nav and Nav. We are absolutely thrilled to have you on the show. How are you today? I'm doing very well, Nav and Nav. I love it. It's a dual Nav. <laughs> um, yes, doing very well. And thank you so much for having okay. me on your show. That's wonderful, Emmy. Uh, Emmy, we just heard a short segment of your uh, recent single, Some Other Girl. And I have to tell you that I have heard the song and watched the video. And I think it's absolutely amazing. So well Thank done you. to that. You're <laughs> 100% on that. <laughs> so if we just uh, get straight into the interview, um, you had mentioned that the single Some Other Girl left an impression and it uh, makes you who you are. So if you would like to talk us through, um, you know, what you mean by that statement. Sure. Uh, th- and thank you so much for the kind words about the song. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> the, I think I think probably the easiest way to explain this is just that uh, I, like a lot of people around the world, um, have used 2020 and, and, and years prior to sort of reflect on uh, the past. And in my high school years, I really struggled with self-identity and uh, loved love and uh, got my heart broken uh, quite a few times. And I realize now the reason was it's because it wasn't about the other person. It was about myself. I loved myself and I was looking to someone else to uh, get approval. And of course, when we do that, we always get disappointed and it, and it is heartbreaking. So this song came from looking back in, in my past and going through actual, actual journals of my high school uh, time, which was quite painful to be to be honest. And right. uh, while I was going through that, I thought, you know, I really want to write something to my younger self, but I also want to write a song that will help encourage other people to, um, you know, know that although they might get their heart broken or they might have a disappointment that comes uh, their way, that should not um, dictate their future. So in other words, I wanted to create something that, ad- that addressed heartache, but also addressed the empowerment of moving on from that and discovering who you are. And for me, I personally feel that, you know, going through heartbreak uh, a variety of times in my life, not just at high school, unfortunately, um, <laughs> allowed me to be the woman that I am today. Because I can now recognize and appreciate and encourage younger women to love themselves first, to really find purpose without looking to someone else to tell them that they're amazing. Because I, I, I know from experience, um, you know, it didn't happen till later on in life that I actually can look at myself and go, I'm proud of who I am and I love myself. Uh, and so I want other people to be able to do the same, not just women, but, but also men, so they don't... Um, yeah, they don't get so uh, bogged down by uh, relationships falling apart. Emmy, I'd just like to pick up on a point that you've just mentioned there um, about um, uh, women and young girls uh, loving themselves first. But um, do you think that this is um, something that's very prevalent today in um, in the social media world, in the way... Uh, young girls especially are, are um, exactly as you've described it that they're not loving themselves but they're seeking approval from mm-hmm. um, um, a global audience almost you know who they don't even know um, and, and we know that that can have you know adverse effects later on do, do you believe that? I do I, I think that I think it's very important to always before uh, anybody's involved in any sort of um, you know social media or, or 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 any sort of message that you know uh, thousands or millions of people could have access to without actually knowing you I think it's always important to first know the message and and the image that you have of yourself and know that well and then, once you feel comfortable with that, then you can share. Because I think that to be put into an emotional ping pong match is at any age is very difficult. But especially in those early, you know, stages from teens into early twenties, I think it's very, very difficult. And I remember riding that emotional roller coaster. And you know, social media wasn't a big thing when I was, you know when I was young and it is now. And so my heart really goes out to those girls that are seeking approval and are um, putting themselves, you know, in that position where they do so want love and they are getting, you know, likes and comments. And then what happens is that sort of you're in a vacuum because if you don't really believe that about yourself and you don't really love who you are, then you're always going to be seeking approval and love from others. And that's, um, 
Ooh, that's a tricky road. It's not sustainable, in my opinion, in my humble opinion. No, that's very well said, Emmy. I I totally agree with what you're saying there. So uh, coming back to the single, so when did you actually start uh, writing Some Other Girl? So we started writing that last year with a good friend, Brian Bell, in New Zealand. Yes, and uh, I took the journals to him and I said, look, look what I found. (laughs) We had a bit of a, (laughs) oh, we had a bit of a chuckle. uh, And we wrote the song in in a very short span of time. And then, of course, I, I traveled to the UK and, and whatnot, and, um, and, and a few things got added. Some I call it songwriting magic got added. Right. Um, so it became a collaboration. Right. That's, uh, that's very interesting. So, um, so what would you say um, was the main inspiration for the single, you know, and uh, basically, and why is it so important to you? I think the main inspiration was self-empowerment. And, and that is, um, you know, rising above your circumstances to become the person that you're meant to be. And I think in this context, in this particular song, I really became a songwriter because of the, the heartbreak that I felt. I didn't know how to deal with uh, the emotion. So I, I wrote it in a song. And I think that that's um, you know, I think that's really important. And I started to write it, and that's in the music video, it, it references that. I started to write it when I was younger in that I had this journal and I wrote some of these words. And I think that to be able to have them in a song now in my current age is is a really special thing to be able to share. And I think that's why it's so important to me personally as an artist, because for me, I actually learned more about myself mm-hmm. upon writing the song and releasing it. And I think it was like almost like a, I want to say a missing puzzle piece that I was not expecting. I took it, I was, I'm taken by surprise. If that makes sense. I'm kind of sitting here going, wow, as I'm saying this, it's like, whoa, ding, ding, ding. Um, I'm, I'm relieved that a a part of, a part of me that was hurting has healed. And I'm really thankful for that. Right. That that definitely um, makes a lot of sense, you know, in relation to what you've explained. Uh, Emmy, you mentioned something um, just now, in, uh, and you said that, that that this idea that learning to love yourself first is so important. Um, but how 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 does someone love themselves? That's a great question. I mean, I think I'm still <laughs> discovering it. I think I think it's it is about. I mean, we talked about it earlier, but I think it's it's the realization, at least for me, that having someone else's approval or wanting someone to love me will never be enough for me to love who I am. It will never, you know, uh, people's compliments or um, achievements, nothing that I do in my life will ever uh, satisfy that, that uh, craving that I think we, we all have. Um, for, for me personally, I have a faith and that has helped um, uh, immensely in, in self-identity and has uh, given me um, a confidence to know that um, beyond what I'm experiencing here, there's, uh, you know, someone looking out for me. And I really feel that all the time. And so I definitely think that uh, affects my, um, you know, my uh, message. But I think that as time goes on, I feel that I'm really comfortable in my own skin. And that when someone disapproves or says something unkind, instead of it crushing me, I accept it for what it is, someone's opinion or someone's viewpoint. And I can respect it as that, but I don't let it define who I am. I learn from it and I move on. And that is a skill that I believe is very important. And it isn't something that has happened overnight. It is something that I constantly work on. And sometimes I give myself a gold star for the day and other times I think, well, we're going home with a, a big sad face. <laughs> yeah. No, no and you know, something that you just mentioned about uh, being comfortable in your own skin, I know not very many people can do that. So, yeah, you know, uh, great. Bravo. <laughs> um, so coming back to the song again, um, Emmy, what emotions, um, you know, come to your mind when you're performing this song? Wow. I think Freedom would be, uh, if it, that could be an emotion, um, just feeling free and feeling, I feel happy. Whenever I hear the song or I sing the song, I feel happy because 
although I'm singing obviously about something that's, um, you know, not a fantastic feeling, which is uh, your heartbreak. I feel uh, happy because I know the, the end result is exactly where I want to be. And I'm excited to share that with other people, especially the bridge. The bridge is a a portion of the song that was written in the UK. And I feel that it really took the song to the next level in terms of giving hope. And for me, that feels really good. Right. So happiness and hope. (laughs) It's <laughs> wonderful, Emmy. Um, so in, in terms of the composition of the song, Emmy, um, when I listened to it, I, what I noted was that you begin singing in a low tone and then it suddenly goes up and then it comes down again. And I found that so interesting because um, I, I, I've never seen that, um, you know, not in that many songs anyway, but it it's almost mimics a wave effect. I mean, I just wondered if you could explain that to the listeners. Wow. Well, it's what? interesting you say that. Yeah. Was that I, intentional? Um, no, not not from my end. Um, I, I mean, you know, I worked with an amazing producer and and that may have and he's, you know, knows the ins and outs of everything. So perhaps that was something that, um, you know, he was going for. But um, I think for me, when I when I started writing the melody and the lyrics, it was literally just kind of taken from the journal. So. I think I was following my natural progression of emotions, the highs and the lows, which, you know, obviously we all go through. Yeah. But that definitely reflects in, in, you know, the the end result, because I I picked that up and I just found that so, uh, so incredibly um, uh, unique, you know, so um, well done on that. It was amazing. (laughs) Thank you. Wow. That's that's actually the one of the nicest things anyone's ever said about my songs. I really appreciate that. (laughs) You're most welcome. Okay, Emmy, moving forward, um, I'd I'd like to quickly cross-reference your formative years as an artist. And and you mentioned um, that some of the songs which are now available on Spotify, such as Some Other Girl, Oxygen, Seasons of Life, they were written... Uh, during an earlier phase of your life, um, and especially as, uh, if you look at uh, Seasons of Life, that was that was when you were caring for Tony, I believe. And yes, um, so basically, I mean that that was a different period, a different phase in your life. Um, but just talk us through your creative process now at this moment in time. Yeah, that's a great question. So my creative process is always changing but it always incorporates writing uh, in journals. I I keep many journals. I have about five or six. I have to have them all over the place. I also, um, uh, and I do a lot of doodles as I'm writing words. Um, I've got lots of um, pictures and stuff on them. I also always have my guitar and uh, I keep keep my guitar handy. Uh, I also write on the piano. So lyrics, melodies, they all come kind of sometimes together and and sometimes separate, depending on uh, the inspiration behind it. Also people. I find my inspiration from the human connection of meeting people virtually or meeting them in in the context of, you know, a, a gathering. I love people's stories. I love, you know, that every single person on this earth all has a purpose and we're all different from each other. And I find that fascinating. So I feel like those are things that always inspire me to write songs. And I think probably the final thing that I use is my voice memos on my, on my iPhone. A lot of times when I'm uh, not, not able to necessarily be in the studio, I'll just record my drive, like while I'm driving and I'll just sing to myself. And, um, and some, a lot of songs have come from that and um, where there wasn't really any pressure. And I felt like the creative juices were flowing. <laughs> that's that's a really uh, interesting way of describing it. Uh, I mean, we really thank you for you know outlining that. And um, so, just moving forward, I, I think it's fair to say that it takes a very courageous person to admit to their past mistakes because not many people would do that. Um, but previously, you've mentioned that you've made many mistakes and failures, um, and I found that incredibly moving. Where, where you know, the fact that you mention this and you acknowledge it and you accept it. But what did you mean by that statement? Yeah. Well, what didn't I mean by that? I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I've, um, I've, uh, I call it the face flop, uh, especially in acting. Um, I've just, I've had some really funny stories that, that have come out of, you know, maybe being a bit naive, uh, even though I feel that I was always wise beyond my years and mature, I was very trusting 
and sometimes um, took things at, at, at face value, especially when I lived in L.A. and I was working, you know, um, you know, kind of on the outskirts of the Hollywood scene and, and, and doing background work, which a, a lot of us actors, uh, you know, start out doing. And I think it was the night, the naivety that um, probably was was there. Um, I think, yeah, I, I I tried out for shows, and I remember giving my, I think I gave my business card once to the casting director, which you're not supposed to do. I mean, just like well-meaning things, you know, and just or, um, you know, I just I have a lot of funny stories which I won't bore you with, but just comical. Like I look at, I look back, and I think it's so funny that I have done those things. And I mean, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure that one day they'll all come out. Um, but, you know, just uh, just some uh, well-meaning. I was always well-intentioned and always kind-hearted, but I sometimes missed the mark. And uh, and I think that I've learned and I'm still learning about those things. Uh, and then, you know, opportunities that I didn't take because I didn't feel good, uh, you know, good about myself. Um, I had some, you know, I felt a bit blue or I felt anxiety and I didn't feel like I was good enough. So I kind of self-sabotaged and that's, a, you know, and, and, and a lot of respects, that's uh, where failures happened. And I think I now can look back and go, well, it wasn't the right time. And I actually am thankful that perhaps I wasn't ready, but those were, you know, kind of some, like I said, falling, falling on my face. <laughs> that, that's a really interesting um, terminology that you use, self-sabotage, and I'm sure many of the listeners would be able to identify with that. But very briefly, um, Emmy, uh, in 30 seconds, because we're very shortly coming up to a break, do you think that uh, over the course of the past four to five years uh, in your, your journey, do you think you've redressed some of those failures? 100 percent. In the songs that I've come out with, they've all been a self-healing for me to look back at the past and be able to actually present them to the world. And I felt better for it. That's that's wonderful. And um, just just can you just pick up on this 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 issue that you meant uh, that you said previously about trust um, in terms of how that relates to previous failures, basically. Yeah, I think I think trust is very important. You have to be able to trust yourself and trust your gut, but you also have to be able to trust others and listen to what they're really saying. And this is something that I now understand, not listening to what my ego wants to hear, but listening to actually what is given and really have insight and discernment into what people are sharing. Because some people will align with, with what's best for your, your story and your projects and others won't. And that's okay. But I think it's about really trusting yourself to know what it is that you want to do before you go and collaborate. Otherwise it gets a little bit, you know, confusing. Okay. Thanks, Emmy. I really appreciate that. That's a wonderful in insight there. And we're coming up to a short break now. We are in conversation with Emmy Lentino. There's much more to come in the next segment. See you shortly. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to Good Morning Canada with Nav and Nav. To find out more about us and the ideas behind our show, visit our website at gmc-radio.com. That's gmc-radio.com. Now, back to Good Morning Canada. Welcome back. You're listening to Good Morning Canada with Nav and Nav. Great to have your company. We are in conversation with singer-songwriter and actor Emmy Lentino. In the first segment, we focused on Emmy's recent single, Some Other Girl, and following the enormous success of the single, um, November 27th is the release date of Emmy's latest recording, which is her rendition of George Michael's festive classic, Last Christmas. Incidentally, the single is available now to pre-order on iTunes, and it's an incredibly upbeat and vibrant version of the song, which was uh, recorded in London and produced by Al Clay. But the most exciting aspect for Emmy is this um, new version feature. This new version features the original backup 
vocalist of um, George Michael's. And at this point, we asked the, uh, can we just ask the production team to play a small segment of uh, The Last Christmas for our listeners? Emmy, thanks for being with us. Uh, Thank you so much. <laughs> you're welcome. The opportunity to um, record a new version of one of your favorite Christmas songs uh, with such a wealth of talent uh, must have been a dream come true for you. So um, could you please explain to our listeners how this uh, very exciting opportunity came about and especially how this collaboration um, happened with such an amazing team you know, of talented people? Absolutely. And I, I just have to say, I can't stop smiling. I'm so excited about this song. Oh, I'm jealous. This is my favorite song. <laughs> I, yes, I've listened yes. to it, Emmy. Honestly, I, I just keep humming it and playing it and listening it. It is just amazing. Absolutely Thank you so much. amazing. It is amazing. Well, oh, um, George Michael is, is uh, you know, he, there's, there's just... There's not there's not a lot of words that haven't been said about what an amazing artist and songwriter. He's the only songwriter on the song, which is quite phenomenal. Yeah. And I love the song so much. I have loved it for many years. It was the song that I was always kind of singing, you know, around. And when I was in L.A., my uh, project manager at the time, uh, we were chatting. And I said, look, this is one of my favorite songs. 
And kind of lo and behold, he had a connection. Uh, he'd worked with with someone that had been in the original, um, you know, uh, group and they got to talking and, you know, he shared my music with her and kind of the collaboration sort of unfolded. It was very much a relationship, uh, you know, um, connection, which obviously has, is, is a lot of times how business things happen. And the opportunity did, did open up. Uh, there were, uh, they were very open to the idea of having, you know, this unknown artist um, come over from New Zealand to to record the song, and and Al and I, so that's the producer of the song. His wife is actually one of the original vocalists, and she's an amazing woman, and her sister. So it's uh, D and Shirley, and um, there was a, another gentleman named Jay and Joe, and so they comprise the vocalists that are in this uh, this beautiful rendition of Last Christmas that Al really. I have to hand it to him. He created something so special to be able to sing to. And Al and I chatted on the phone on Skype, and we had a great chat about doing uh, Some Other Girl as well as this song, and it made sense to do it all in one recording trip. And, uh, you know, still to this day, it is one of the most thrilling things to know that I got off the airplane and I went straight to the studio in London. It had always been my dream as a little girl. I'm going to cry a little bit here. Um, I'd always dreamed of recording in London. And uh, it was just so special to be amongst this talented group of, of vocalists that had literally seen and heard and been around the biggest names in the industry. And they were so kind. And they made me feel so in, like encouraged. And we kept laughing and smiling and hearing them sing, I just, I, I couldn't stop crying because I was so amazed that they were taking the time to work with little old me. <laughs> and then hearing the finished product and hearing that they're, you know, excited about the release and they're sharing it amongst their friends and, you know, basically giving like a stamp of approval is just, that's, yeah, I, I'm, for someone that talks a lot, I'm a bit speechless, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very jealous of you, because this is actually one of my favorite George Michael songs. And uh, as far back as I can remember, I've always been humming this. So, yeah, full marks yes. to you there. Brilliant. Thank you so much. <laughs> so, um, you know, every recording artist has their own um, signature sound and style. So based on your um, experience, I mean, what do you think you have added to this uh, classic festive song? Oh, goodness. I think there's something that's me in there that I haven't heard before. And I, I don't know how to describe that. It's just... Maybe it's the different voice. I think it's the um, the connection that I really felt with the singers that right. you know had originally been with with George, and I feel like it was a very spiritual experience of really mm -hmm. feeling the presence of someone that was so mighty and so he was also a beautiful person. He loved others. He was kind. I've always resonated with his message of hope and love and kindness, and so I feel like that really brought something special to the song, just having that collaboration with, you know, his vocalists. And I think Al, because his background is not only in, in, in producing and songwriting, but he's also worked with Hans Zimmer and, uh, and has done amazing soundtracks, Peter Rabbit, Peter Rabbit 2. So his, uh, the, the soundscape that he uh, puts in, in his songs, I think added an element that I haven't heard um, in this song in particular before. Um, so that was really special. Uh, I'd just like to pick up on one point that you mentioned there, Emmy. You you said that there was something of uh, of yourself in that song, and I I totally agree because when I heard it, um, uh, when you you sent us the the track, I I felt that there was a certain softness uh, and there was a certain femininity there, which uh, which really came through um, as I was listening. So I, I don't know if you you'd agree with that, but I that's what I definitely felt. Mm, thank you. That's why yeah. I'd say you added to it, basically. Thank you very much. Well, it's um, I'm really proud of the song, um, and I'm 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 you know it's I'm not I I try to always be proud of my work, you know. Um, but I think this particular song I feel has really um, I'd be proud to share, you know, for for many years to come, and and know that I had done my absolute best to you know I traveled to um, the UK, had the right people, and I feel like you know, 
now it's now it's about to be out in the world and really it's up to you know everyone else to either enjoy it or not but for me as we were talking about in the first segment i feel good about it and that is a really good place to be that's lovely and, and what was so special about the the london studio emmy that that um the, because you know you've you've mentioned that, and you said there was something special about the the dynamics of the of the studio itself. And obviously, you've got the the group of people who are there. But um, I just wanted to ask you that. Yeah, I think it. I think it's the the magic of London. Yeah, I think it's that that as a as a little girl, it was my it was a dream to travel there. And and for me, it wasn't necessarily which studio I would record in. It was just. And at the time when I was a kid, I didn't know any of the, the names, but I think it was just being able to, you know, I was on a plane for like 33 hours or something, getting off the <laughs> wow. plane and going, yeah, yeah, going straight <laughs> there. I think that is, I mean, that is very much my personality. I like to land and just get straight into it. And I think, and I was exhausted by the way, um, but I, I think it was just that energy of knowing that I was getting to do something that was so amazing that... Yeah. I just couldn't control my excitement. <laughs> no, that, that really makes sense. So, um, I mean, very briefly, I mean, um, what does this song actually mean to you? What does it really mean in terms of, um, you know, is it just because you love it so much or um, anything more to it? No, well, I think I think it's definitely that I have a love for it and I can't yeah. stop singing it. That was probably the first one. But I think <laughs> I think I resonated with the message because... Like this character, I too have loved and it hasn't been reciprocated or I believed that I, I was having, you know, a, 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 this beautiful, happy ending with someone and they just basically, I was nothing to them. And I think, we, you know, unfortunately, a lot of us have been through that. And I liked, I love how the song is so singable. So although the words are quite cutting, I mean, this, this, this poor soul, you know, George wrote this maybe from personal experience. I'm not sure, but you really, really feel in the song how, how, um, how the heart is broken, but because it's so, you know, the melodic flow of it and everything, it makes the message easier to sort of digest. And I think that that's what I find so fascinating about it, that, um, yeah, that, that you could be singing these words that are quite, quite heavy duty, but they're so, <laughs> you can't get them out of your head because the melody. That's right. So, I mean, there seems to be a lot of um, overlap there, Lemmy, uh, so, Emmy, sorry, in terms of, um, um, you know, the, the lyrics uh, are very similar to, to what, what you've expressed and conveyed in Some Other Girl. Yes, and that wasn't, uh, that was not intentional. And I don't, yeah. I don't even know if I realized that uh, yeah. until you've said it. To be, to be quite honest, um, and and probably why I gravitated to this song, yeah. and and to George Michael as an artist. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so m moving on, Emmy. Um, as you know, the focus of today's episode is uh, empowerment, and I'd like to expand on some of the uh, various issues that we raised in my introductory piece. So firstly, uh, could you describe how the concept of empowerment has defined you as a person uh, and as an artist over the past four to five years? Sure. I, I think, wow, it's been a big journey. I think that the empowerment that I now feel and that I had, that I, you know, um, kind of, I, I think through those years, I think confidence in who I was uh, trusting that my mission in life was not just to sing and, and write music, was to help others. And I feel that that has really empowered my mission in my life because it's not, I'm not doing it for myself as much as I'm doing it because I know that it's my calling. And so empowerment gives me energy. So I guess if I were to break it down, I feel ener energized every single day to get up, to make the day that I'm living the best because every moment that I'm alive is a gift. And I especially know that after I've experienced a tremendous loss and being positive no matter what. And I think all of those things help empower the perspective that I live and that I share with other people. 
I hope that answers your question. I don't no, I, I, I think it does, Emmy. And um, in the same vein, I think it also um, it makes you start asking so many other questions. And the first one that comes to my mind is. Um, given what you've been through, um, when, when you were caring for Tony, um, how does somebody stay so positive? For instance, you know, because this is not possible for everyone to do. Um, and, mm-hmm. and, and many of our listeners w- would identify w- with these sentiments and, and, and ask, what are the personal characteristics that helped you through this uh, very, very deep and personal crisis? Mm. Yeah. And uh, first, I want to say that if anyone's listening to, to, you know, to the show right now that has experienced a loss, I just want to extend, you know, my my true condolences to them. And I want to give them a big, a big virtual hug and and (laughs) want to tell them that it is it is a season and it is painful, but you will get through it. And I really believe that. So for, for me, my my personal characteristics that have gotten me through this loss, my faith. I have a faith in God, and I had to turn to my faith uh, a huge amount. There were days when I didn't know how I was going to make sure he was okay, and um, the girls were very young, uh, you know, um, not even two and and uh, two and a half and three. So um, there were days when I I didn't know how I was going to get through, and uh, and I chose to be positive. I really believe it was a choice. It is a choice. Every single day I made a choice of how my attitude was going to be and how I was going to get through that day. And um, the other thing was that I made sure that I was physically active. I got really into running and I found that the the stronger physically I got, the more mentally strong I was. And if I hadn't had my faith and also staying really fit, I think I would have broken and and. And because I'm an artist and I have an artist tendency to, to get the blues, I really knew that I needed to make sure that my mind was strong because it wasn't just, it wasn't about me. It was about being able to make sure that everyone around me would be okay before, during, and after. And I really knew that I had to take care of my mind. And for me, I knew that staying positive uh, was going to be possible through being active. And for me, it was running. And I'm very thankful that I was able to do that. And also, I obviously was doing songwriting. But I think that um, I remember going on very long runs. And when I was able to, and it really made me feel like I could actually breathe, because I had to kind of get through, you know, as, as anyone knows, there are huge long days. Um, and, and kind of sometimes you just don't sleep. And when you are given the opportunity to exercise or to get out in fresh air, it's so important because it does give you a break and it gives you hope. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. I mean, because, um, just as a side note, I used to do uh, a lot of road running when, uh, when I was younger and what I found that the immediate effect was it cleared the mind. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, it's, um, it's incredible. But when you see this long road in front of you, it's um, you, it's almost like you're, you're you're passing through all of the obstacles in your life, and you're you're finding a way to overcome those obstacles. I mean, would you agree with that? Absolutely, hundred percent. Absolutely agree. There there was there were very clear goal posts that I had for myself. You know, if I got to the mailbox, you know, I could stop, or if I could, you know, and I just I had to get myself to even if I didn't feel like I could go. I thought, well, you know what, this is a gift. I'm being given a gift right now. I have got five more minutes. We've got to finish this. And yeah. it certainly gave me, um, it helped me a lot. I, I 100% agree with what you've just said. And uh, just picking up on that point, Emmy, um, how have these personal characteristics that you, you spoke of, uh, you, you spoke of um, the, the strength of uh, character, the, um, the, the strength of mind, how have the, these personal characteristics helped you in the current phase of your music and acting career? Yeah, I think, I think that those characteristics have helped me um, get to where I am now and are bringing me forward because they've, I think it's important. I think it's allowed me to see the past and learn from mistakes, but also put a um, kind of a, a visual 
kind of um, mark in the ground and go, you know what? If I really believe it, I can achieve it. And it doesn't mean that it has to happen tomorrow, but it is going to happen. And when I've said those things and when I really have believed them, it has made, it has like a, been a, like a breakthrough. It's been a shift. And there's been blessings that have come from, uh, come from that. And something that you guys said in the very beginning of the show, when you praise your life and when you, you know, you're talking about what Oprah was saying, I really, I really resonate with that because when you get up in the morning and you say out loud, it's going to be a fantastic day. Your mindset goes, it's going to be a fantastic day. And even if things happen in the day that aren't amazing or maybe, you know, a little bit of a bummer, for some reason in your mind, it just, it, it's like, okay, those things happen, but it'll be a great, it'll be a great joke to tell at the dinner table later on about that funny story. It's a, it is about that mind shift. And it's something for me, it is a muscle that I must work on every day. It is a daily thing. I don't take things for granted. I'm thankful when things don't work out. I try to let it go because it's something that I have a hard time with when I um, do mess up or when I maybe do the wrong thing or say the wrong thing. I have to really go, okay, you need to forgive yourself. <laughs> I kind of try to talk to myself like a kid and then I feel better. Yeah, that's just um, some beautiful, beautiful sentiments there. I mean, we really thank you for sharing that. And so just moving forward uh, again on this, um, this same broad theme of empowerment, a central feature of uh, today's topic is self-compassion. And this refers to a concept within clinical psychology whereby individuals, um, if I can try and explain it uh, very briefly, is, is where they frequently, they treat friends and family with compassion, but at the same time, they, they struggle to turn that c compassion inward and to heal their own wounds. And what we'd like you to share with the listeners is, would you say this is something you experience during your time of crisis, i.e. Uh, you weren't able to direct compassion towards yourself at any point? Mm. I think I definitely did struggle with that. I think the the first people I thought of was everyone else, you know, and, and how everyone else was going to be. Um, and I think it was later on that I realized that I, you know, that, that the healing stuff, like the writing of the, of the music and, um, and making sure that I did go on runs, those were all things that I realized were compassion. They were, yeah. they were saying to myself, you know what? I love you. You're going to, you're going to be okay, but you can't do this on your own. So you're going to need to, you know, um, take some time. And there were days that I definitely know that I struggled to kind of think of that self-compassion for myself, but I, I did end up doing that. I, I became a lot more aware of my needs and I wasn't may probably necessarily wonderful at communicating them, to others, but I knew them internally, and I felt that that was a very freeing and um, self-empowering uh, chapter for me that I've now carried into my future life. Thanks, Emmy. And I mean, the way you've described it is just uh, it is so intricate, and, and I think it really um, brings some excellent insights in, in, into this fascinating topic. And from everything we know about you as a person, um, you know what we've seen about you um, on online, etc. One reason we found your story so fascinating is that is this life motto of yours: "You are loved," and um, you seem to be the perfect ambassador for self-compassion. Um, because by definition, self-compassion comprises self-kindness, common humanity, and mindfulness. And and this is what we found interesting. What are the origins of these very, very personal traits? Hmm. I think I think this, that, that self-kindness is, is important and that we've touched on it earlier, but it is something that I'm aware now was probably missing in my earlier life to myself. I've always, always wanted to be kind to others and I've always believed that you are loved. And my mom and dad, you know, I grew up in a loving household and they, they would you know, they, they filled me with lots of love and encouragement. And that's the language. My, my love language was always to uh, give, 
give compliments and to make sure people felt appreciated and loved and, and, and be thankful. I think now, as I've gotten older, I realize that I too need to acknowledge within myself, you know, when, when something goes well, say, okay, you did the best you could. You didn't get the job. You did the best you could. And I really believe that that's something that, um, actually my acting coach talked about that. It's not about booking the job. It's that you did the best you could. And it really kind of freed me. So I think self-kindness is about, for me personally, it's about acknowledging that I've done my very best, that I can hold my head up high and I then can move on and not get so caught up in the other, the other bits. I think the relationship that I have with, you know, my, my listeners is very personal. And because, because I'm willing to share that, you know, I'm not perfect. I've made mistakes. I can um, have a laugh about those things. I feel that it's probably made me approachable. Um, And also because I have experienced loss, I really am connecting with people who have either had, you know, um, uh, bereavement themselves, uh, or they've dealt with, you know, someone really hurting them and they've had to heal from that as well. So I think for me, it's about, um, that kindness and listening and love is so important to not only my message, but also to my heart. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, because uh, we describe you as a what you see is what you get artist. In other words, basically, uh, people online, your fan base, they can immediately see the human connection. And, and that's what we found so fascinating. Um, so, Emmy, just moving forward, uh, originally when you lived in the US, uh, you trained in the performing arts. But at the moment, um, do you have a preference for singing or acting because you're pursuing both? Oh, I love them both, to be honest. I really do. I think it's a it's a halfway down the middle. <laughs> That's a very equitable answer. <laughs> okay. Um, and how do you see your career unfolding uh, in the coming years uh, with respect to either of these disciplines, Emmy? Because uh, we've got a very, very short time now. Mm-hmm. I, I see myself in the future continuing to write and sing music and performing and sharing my message of hope and empowerment with the world and, and creating an atmosphere of love so that people feel encouraged. And with the acting, I see, you know, uh, more and more uh, shows that I will write myself and, and be creative. I love comedy. I love making people laugh. And I see myself continuing to do these projects that mean a lot to me. And I'm excited and thrilled for the opportunities ahead. That's beautiful, Emmy. And we just uh, thank you so much for those um, unique insights. Um, that's all we have time for today. Many thanks for listening to Good Morning Canada with Nav and Nav. We really appreciated your company today. Our special thanks go out to our featured guest, Emmy Lentino, for taking time out for her busy, busy schedule to join us on the Voice American Network. And we're so thankful to Emmy for sharing her innermost thoughts and her vulnerabilities in relation to the topic of empowerment. And after listening to her powerful piece on the issues associated with self-compassion, I think we firmly established that artists such as Emmy represent a prism of connectivity and the true refraction points for silent voices across the world. And just a final point, you can pre-order your copy of Last Christmas from iTunes or visit emmylentino.com for more information. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern. Thank you so much. Thank you, Emmy. Thank and you. see you everybody next week again. Bye-bye. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to Good Morning Canada. Please join NAVC and NAVM for another great program next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you soon.